Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Morning, amen. God is so good, amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, just real quick, I want to take a moment just to welcome everybody that is here. We are very glad that you are here. We also want to release all the youth, junior high, high school. You're free to go out uh, with uh, Alex and Amy. And then also we want to welcome everybody that's joining us online. Uh, we are very glad for you and we Count it a privilege that you would join us in our worship service today. Um, real quick before we get started in our message today, I do want to take a few moments and just um, underscore a few announcements uh, that Andy gave you before service started. Uh, we've come to the conclusion that we're going to probably have to change up how we do announcements just because of the fact that uh, doing them at the beginning, so many people don't hear them, and so we want to make sure that you do. So just real quick, just want to remind everybody tonight, Bloom and Men's uh, Men of Valor, so Bloom is for the women, Men of Valor for our men. That's 5 o'clock uh, here at the church, 5 o'clock here in the sanctuary for the women in the uh, uh, youth room for the men, so mark that down. Also, want to encourage everybody that can come, that's possible, to come out on Wednesday night. This is our the night that we reserve for our uh, worship night. During that time, we pray for people and believe God, and uh, this night is going to be no exception. We're going to be believing God for needs, your needs, so come on out uh, and join us in that worship night. Also, uh, I know that it might be a little bit confusing, but I'll try to explain it. So July 3rd is a very busy day. So on July 3rd, we are going to be doing a baptismal service in our 1030 service. Um, along with that, in both services, we're going to be taking communion that day. And part of the reason that we're doing that is because Monday is July 4th. And uh, so we're going to celebrate freedom. Can you say amen? You know, Jesus, uh, Jesus gave us the ultimate freedom. And so people that are getting baptized, they're declaring their faith in Christ and their testimony, and then also uh, just uh, uh, taking communion and being reminded of the covenant that he has made with us that guarantees our freedom. Can you say amen? Now, there will be a, if you would like to get baptized, there will be a baptismal class at 9 o'clock in the morning on July 3rd, and Tony and Carol will be in the foyer after service, and they'll be uh, taking your name down, so if you can sign up, that would be a great help to us for both the baptism and the baptism class. Also, uh, on July 10th, our um, uh, New Life 101, or our our uh, foundations class, this is, is going to be starting this. So if you've just recently got saved or you have been saved uh, for just a short while or maybe you've just recently come back to the Lord and you would like to have some foundational instruction, some truth, this class is for you. That's going to begin July 10th at 9 a.m. in room number five um, on, on that Sunday. And then also uh, that Sunday evening, we're having what we call a visitor dinner. So if you are new to our church, so you've been coming maybe just a few months or a few weeks, um, and you say, you know, I really don't know a whole lot about the church or you or anything, we're going to be having a dinner. Uh, that's going to be at 5 o'clock right here in the sanctuary. My son, Andrew, you say, who is Andrew? He's the guy that was up here doing announcements in the beginning. He'll be in the foyer, and he'll be taking sign-ups for that. So if you would help us with that, that would be great. Amen? Hallelujah. I know that's a lot. You know, one of the things that is uh, really a challenge is to communicate to the church sometimes and to make sure everybody knows what's going on so that you could be a part of that. Because our goal really is to make connections. Amen. And I think especially in this day and age, we need to be making as many connections as we can. Amen. We need, to, we need fellowship. We need one another. We need to connect with one another, and we need to be uh, supporting one another. You know, the Bible talks about the body of Christ, and it talks about each joint connected to one another, supplying what the other joint has. And so what is that saying? It's saying you have something I need, and I, and, uh, I have something you need. 
and we need to share that with one another, amen? And so we want to make as many connections as we can, and so that's why we do what we do. So if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to dive right into our message, uh, Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to be reading from verse 3 to verse 9. I'm reading on the NIV, and I just want to begin there. So the Bible says this, Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had, uh, because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Now this morning what we're doing is we are going to finish up this mini-series which turned into a regular series on the parable of the sower. And I want, you, I want to just take a moment and just tell you that this really is far more important than what we may have believed. You know, one of the things that happens to us, I think, as Christians is there is a danger that if we're not careful, we can grow familiar with uh, uh, stories and principles out of the Bible, and we could grow familiar with them, thereby losing their impact. And this story is one of those stories that is very, very common. The parable of the sower, lots of people preach on it, lots of people talk about it, and sometimes just by the sheer familiarity of it, we can lose its, 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 its impact, its, its penetration into our heart. And we need to guard from that. We need to be careful of that. Because there's so much being said in this, in this parable. Because what Jesus is talking about in this parable is he is talking about the condition of our heart. And let me tell you something. The condition of our heart is probably far more important than, when we, than what we may have understand, understood and understand. Because the Bible tells us very emphatically, it says the heart is so important that we are to guard it with all diligence. Listen to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Literally, this word keep means to guard, it means to protect, it means to preserve and to watch over. And the question that comes to my mind is why? Why is this so important? Because your heart today is the key to your success in this life, in this Christian lives, in your Christian lives. And in many ways, this is exactly what Jesus is dealing with in this parable. He's telling us about what kind of heart it takes to receive and retain the Word of God. Now, let me just go on a little bit of a bunny trail here to kind of set this stage again. Because this is extremely important. Yesterday, um, I took some time to drive around town. And this isn't something that's unusual. I do it from time to time. And I took some time to get alone with God. And I had kind of finished up some stuff, got my sermon done and everything. And so I just took some time to go pray and be alone with the Lord. And while I was doing that, I, I began to get this sense in me of, of reorganizing priorities. You ever had that happen? What's really important? And so I begin to ask myself, what is, what, what is really important about church? You know, because we can make church about a lot of things. And because of religion and because of social constructs and all kinds of things, church can become a lot of things that it was never intended to be. I mean, there are people today that they come to church because they're just literally punching a time card. They're just putting in their time. They're saying, okay, that's my obligation. This is what I got to do. There's some people that come to church because it's a social thing. They, they come because that's where they make their social connection. And that's okay. But what is church really all about? This is really about the body of Christ coming together to learn as a body the principles and the truth of the word of God so that we can be like him. Can you say amen? Now, I'm going to say something shocking to you. You may not know this, but 
the reality is Jesus never pulled an altar call. You will not read the New Testament anywhere. You can go from Matthew 1, 1, all the way to Revelation 22, whatever, and you will not find an altar call. What you will find in there is that when Jesus encountered people, when he confronted them, what he would do is he would speak to their lives, he would speak to the problem, he would minister to their need, whatever it might be, and then he would say this, come follow me. Then there was a choice. That person could make the choice of following him or they could make the choice of not following him. And throughout the Bible, there's many examples of people that did follow and there was examples of people that did not follow. Well, the ones that followed him, they became known, first of all, as people of the way. They were people of the way. They walked in the way. And later on, um, even in some derogatory terms, they would call these same people Christians because they said they live just like Christ. They are Christ-like. And you say, well, why is that significant? That means they were actively following and walking in the way that Jesus walked. They were doing what Jesus did. They were saying what Jesus said. They were thinking like Jesus. They were being like Jesus. So today we come to this term of Christianity, and it doesn't always mean what it mean, meant then. Sometimes Christianity just means that you have a belief system, that, that any old belief system will work. Amen. There's a lot of people that call themselves Christian but have no foundation in the Word of God. There's a lot of people that call themselves Christians that walk a completely different way than Christ. But when you are really a Christian, what you've done is you've embraced the Word of God, you've made it your own, and now you are living by its principle. Can you say amen? that you are living like Jesus. That's what the point of this is, that we would come together, that we would connect with one another, that we would grow together, that we would encourage one another to follow Christ in the way he walked. Can you say amen? Thereby that we would go into all the world and we would make disciples of all nations, bringing them into that construct. That's what this is all about. That's what we're doing. And so today we come to the end of this series on this parable and Jesus literally is dealing with that very thing, but he's dealing with it from the perspective of what it looks like for a heart to receive and retain the Word of God. So just as a reminder very quickly, the first condition of heart that we saw was we saw the hard heart or the pathway. This is the condition of heart that does not value the Word of God. And you say, well, why do you put it that way? Because when you value something, you allow it to penetrate. When you value something, it finds a place in you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus tells us that the seed is the word of God, and when the sower went out and sowed seed, there was seed that was sown on the pathway, but it did not penetrate. It hit hard ground and stayed there, and quickly the devil came, the Bible says, and stole what was sown. So Jesus brings us to this first condition called a hard heart. And there are people today that are not necessarily, in other words, they're not evil people, they're not bad people, they're not, you know, they're not the devil incarnate, but they're just resistant. They just, for whatever reason, resist the Word of God. The Word of God just doesn't find a place in their heart. And before the, their, the word can penetrate, the evil one snatches away and they're unmoved by the word. The second condition of heart is the shallow heart. This is the heart that responds to God with joy and enthusiasm, but the change that came does not last because there's no root, because they are shallow and immature. Amen. See, one mark of immaturity is having the ability to endure the difficulty that may come as a result of changing by the Word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
And oftentimes there's people that love to receive the word until it costs something. There's a lot of people that talk about faith, they talk about blessing, they talk about hope, they talk about love, they talk about all of these things until that is challenged in their life. And the moment they're challenged, they begin to shrink back. They begin to wilt, as it were. And the reason is, is because ultimately they have not grown. They are not growing in Christ. The moment there is a cost, the moment... Now look, let me say something to you before you get confused. I am not talking about salvation. Salvation is absolutely free. Jesus paid the price. He paid the price. And the, and, and the moment you exercise faith in his grace for salvation, it became yours. You didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to buy it. You didn't have to do any. In fact, you can't. All you can do with salvation is receive it. But now that you are saved, there is an expectation that you grow. In fact, the, 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 the picture or the illustration of salvation is that we are born again, that we are babes in Christ, and that we would not just stay babes in Christ, but that we would grow into maturity. Can you say amen? We even showed you pictures, you know, pictures of my grandson and my son. And you know, somewhere along the line in life, when things don't grow, we look at that as a tragedy everywhere except the church. You say, well, how do I know that's me? Well, if you are dealing with the same things that you dealt with 30 years ago, chances are you're not growing. See, there's got to be growth. There can be the exercise of all kinds of things, but if you're not growing, those things are not penetrating. They're not working. They, they, the, the, because the dirt is so shallow, the root has no way to draw what it needs to keep it strong. The third type of um, condition or type of soil was called the cluttered, what I call the cluttered heart. It's the thorns that grow up. It's the, it's the things like the cares of the world, the, the pride of life, the, the riches, the lust of other things, and the, and the desire for riches. It's these things that come into our life. They are the fiery darts of the, de of the devil. Can you say amen? It's this thing that goes on inside of us, and sometimes we can be so overwhelmed and spiritually cluttered that what happens is it literally begins to choke out the Word of God. It's the emotional, mental, spiritual baggage that clutters our heart. And, and there is an expectation that God has that we would remove that, that we would identify it and say, that's got to go. Amen? You, I don't have time for you to hang around here. I can't, I can't, let, I can't do this. i got to let this go. So that's where we're at. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at one final condition of the heart, and it's the healthy heart, or it's the good soil. And when Jesus explained the meaning of this parable to his disciples, he said in Matthew 13, 23, reading from the Amplified Version, he says, as for what was sown on good soil, this is he who hears the word and grasps and comprehends it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundred times as much was sown, in another 60 times as much, and in another 30. A good heart hears the word, receives it, makes it its own, and allows it to accomplish its goal. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. He receives it. How does he receive it? It begins with hearing. I, I came across a story that I thought I'd share. It's a little funny story. A four-year-old little boy was visiting his grandpa one day, and his grandpa was out on the back patio reading. And the little boy walked up carrying a peach. And he hands it to his grandpa and he says something to him, but grandpa didn't hear it, so he didn't really pay attention. But he took the peach anyway, and thinking his wife had sent his grandson out to give him a snack, grandpa took the peach and he ate it. And just as he swallowed the last bite, the little boy with a quivering lip said, Grandpa, I didn't want you to eat it, I just wanted you to get the worm out of it. And I think sometimes that sounds like us, doesn't it? If you're like me, if you're like me, 
Many times you have your ears open in a conversation with someone, but your mind is completely somewhere else, isn't it? Or oftentimes you're talking to somebody and you know they can hear the words coming out of your mouth, but they ain't listening. You ever, you ever, here, let me, let me show you. It's, this, is, this is a phenomenon that is relatively new. You're talking and somebody's on their phone texting. It's like, it's like no, I can hear you. I'm listening. I'm li no, you're not. You are thinking about what you're writing. No, I can, no, 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 no. You ain't listening. You are hearing the words out of my mouth, but you're not listening to the words coming out of my mouth because you're thinking about the words that you're saying to the guy on the other end of the text. You ever been there? And it happens to all of us at some point. I mean, it happens to in us in marriage. I mean, in my, with my wife, there's been times where my wife and I have sat down and she's talked, told me a whole story. I even acknowledged it, said yes and nodded and all of that, walked away and had to come back and go, you're going to have to tell me that because I don't remember a thing that you said. I don't, all I know is that you were talking. I could hear the tone of your voice, but I can't tell you what you said. This is where the fine art of listening comes into play. When we really take the time to listen, uh, listen, please listen. Y'all listening? When we take the time to listen, it is then that we can truly learn and understand. It's not enough to hear someone. We must also understand or else the conversation is fruitless. Let me say this to you. Let me just give you a freebie because this is very different than the sermon I'm preaching now. But if every marriage in this place would take that piece of advice, 95% of marital problems would be gone. Here in a couple weeks, we're going to begin a new series called Family Matters. And we're going to, the, whole, the whole series is going to be about the family. I'm going to preach a couple sermons on marriage, one on parenting and one on grandparenting. And my wife's going to preach one on, on teaching children how to worship because we really want to bless the family. My first sermon is going to be about communication. The number one problem that I counsel in all marriages is a failure to communicate. The inability to communicate with any kind of success the reason why is because we don't listen. And we furthermore don't understand. Now if we go back and examine this parable to see what Jesus is talking about, here's what he's doing. He is both warning us what can go wrong with our hearts. At the same time, he is telling us how to make our heart productive. Think about it. Think about this. The first thing that he deals with is the hard heart. The hard heart doesn't receive the word. Somehow it doesn't penetrate the heart. It's not because the person is evil, cold, or wicked. It's because they simply, simply don't prioritize the word. Just like being in a conversation that doesn't have our attention. We hear but we're not listening. Again, I, picking on communication. Have you ever talked to somebody that doesn't look at you? See, like if I was talking like this, it, I mean, you hear, are hearing the words, but after a while, you are going to be so distracted by the fact that I'm looking at the drums, you aren't going to hear anything coming out of my mouth. Why? Because I'm not valuing it. I got other things on my plate. I'm a busy man. Come on, come on, get to the point. <laughs> I'm, I'm, really, I'm really tempted to go down a road of teaching on communication, but that's in a couple weeks, and so I got to back off that and just stay where we're at. So he's talking about this. He's talking about this hard heart. It's not because they're wicked. It's because they just don't value this. They don't listen. And so what happens is the word bounces off and is quickly stolen. So what Jesus tells us is hearing is the first step to having good soil. 
But we can't stop there. Not only must we hear the word, the message of God, we must understand it. There must be an embracing of the word of God. You need to make it your own. And that is by obedience. It really does us no good to hear and understand God's message if we don't do anything about it. James says it this way. He said, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. And so, again, I will make this statement about counseling only so that people understand. See, there is a whole thing with counseling where people believe that if I go to a counselor, everything is going to be solved because the counselor is going to solve my problem. And that, that is the farthest thing from the truth. See, the job of a counselor is twofold and twofold only. It's this. Number one, it is to clarify the issue. And the reason why is because so many times the issues in our life, because they are ours, can be clouded by emotion. And so we don't always see where things begin and things end. And so we kind of get twisted up. The counselor's job is to listen, to determine what is really going on and to help you clarify the issue. The second job of a counselor is now to point out, now that we've clarified it, let's point out an option to change it. The problem is, is if you go away from that session with no intention on changing what's been discovered, it's been futile time. It's irrelevant. And this oftentimes happens. I find oftentimes what we do in counseling is we t are trying to talk people into doing what we've said. Amen. And somewhere along the line, this is the same thing that's happening in Christianity. We're hearing, but we're not doing. See, when we become lax in our ability to respond to what we hear from the Word and understand it, we will become lax in cultivating good soil. What will happen is that worst case scenario will become hard or will become immature. We may grow a little bit, but it'll soon fade. Or we will become cluttered and things will get choked out. Do you see the progression that Jesus is making in this parable? He's saying, look it, this is what I need you to warn you about. If you don't listen and if you don't do what you're hearing, then this is what's going to happen. But if you want to have good soil, then make sure that you soften up the heart. Value the word. Put some growth in. Put some maturity in. And get rid of the things that are choking the word out. Can you say amen? When we neglect this dynamic of hearing the word and understanding it, we become divided. That's when things begin to creep in. So how do we avoid these problems? How, how do we heed this warning? How do we become the good soil that produces the fruit that's 30, 60, 100 fold. Well, it begins with the statement that Jesus made to finish up his parable. Matthew chapter 13, verse 9. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. Back in the... <laughs> I don't even know if I should say this. Back in the 70s, in the 1970s, my family, my dad, my mom, and I, we first moved out to Arizona in 1976. So in the mid-70s, we moved out here. And so we would often go back to Michigan where, we, where I was born, and we had family back there. My parents had family back there, so we'd go back and forth. And oftentimes, we drove. And my dad, my, in the 70s, that's when the CB craze, you know, the Citizen Band Radio, that was really big back then. And, you know, that's when the movie Convoy, man, I'm dating myself. And, and, I mean, it, you know, the Breaker, Breaker, one nine, you got your ears on. You know, you, all, you had a handle, you had a tag. My, 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 dad's, my dad's handle was Diamond Jim. Because my dad loved to, he, he, my dad had, you know, champagne taste with a beer budget. And so he was Diamond Jim, you know. Mine, I was just a kid, so I'm only 10. And you have to, you have to understand where this came from. My, my dad and his family, they owned bakeries back in the day. 
And so we, we, it was those scratch bakeries and they did wedding cakes and, you know, they did donuts and cookies and all this stuff. And so I, my thing is, is I always went into the bakery and I would always go to where they had big pans of chocolate chip cookies and I'd eat, I'd take, I'd eat a ton of chocolate chip cookies. So there is a reason. Anyway, uh, so my handle was cookie duster. And that was, the, that was the big thing back then, and it was always, and I remember I would get, my dad would let me get on the CB, and it was always, when you were on like the big interstates, it was channel 19, and you know, you had a 40 channel CB, my dad had, my dad had an antenna on our, we had this great big, really ugly brown station wagon, with, and I mean, it was, you, you remember the old 70s, you remember the station wagon. And this antenna was probably two times as long as the station wagon. And he had that thing up in the air in a big loop, and it would tie down on the front bumper. Back bumper to front bumper, it was still probably eight foot tall. This big antenna. I mean, we could reach out a long way. And, and the re- one of the reasons why is because if you got into a convoy, you could really travel. You know, those trucks back in the day, they were running 80, 90, 100 miles an hour at times, and we'd just get into a con- breaker, breaker, one nine, where are all the bears, you know? You, you pull, you, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of digging a hole, ain't I? <laughs> and, so, and so that was the thing. It's got your ears on. What are they saying? Are you listening? And it would you break a breaker one nine and you would call a hey diamond Jim, do you got your ears on? In other words, is your radio turned on to the right frequency so you can hear me? And that's what Jesus is saying. So people with good soil, those who produce 30, 60, 100 fold, are those people that truly listen. James chapter 1 verse 19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I'm telling you, if the only thing you ever got out of the Word of God was that one simple verse, that would change your life. Listen, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. That will change your life. What's he talking about? He's talking about there's people that have ears, but they don't hear. Just like there's people that are blind, but they don't see. You ever been with somebody? You know, my family is very famous for this. We've traveled a lot over the years, gone a lot of different places, driving and stuff. And now my adult children will be somewhere and I'll say, hey, do you remember that? No. So we've been by it 500 times. Well, I didn't see it. And it's just amazing to me. I'll, see, I'm, when I'm driving, I'm looking everywhere. It's probably not the safest thing, but I look at everything. And I see stuff. And I'll, I'll, even Kathy and I will be driving. I'll go, look at that. What? Look at the great big giant monolith in the desert. What thing don't belong here? I can't see it. Open your eyes. It's just amazing to me. But sometimes that's like people with their ears. It's, first of all, did you hear God speak? And second, are you hearing the words coming out of your own mouth? I'm a Christian and I just love all people. Them dirty rats, fry them! How does that happen. William Barclay says in response to the person who is like the good soil, says this, like the good ground, they are prepared to hear. They are never either too proud or too busy to listen. Many a person would have been saved all kinds of heartbreak if they had simply stopped to listen to the voice of a wise friend or the voice of God. In order to truly hear and comprehend, we must listen. But the problem is, church, that many of us, our minds are buzzing with activity. We're moving from one thought to the next. And most of us can't wait till the other person's done talking so that we can start talking. And what happens is we neglect the fine art of listening. All through the Bible, we have stories that reveal this kind of behavior. 
from the Israelites that just simply didn't listen to God, to Elijah, who is not listening to God, to the disciples who are not listening to God. And I fear there are many in this place that right now you're sitting out there. Though you are hearing me, you're not really listening. Your mind has thoughts of what you'll do after church. Where are you going to go eat? Who are you going to eat with? Maybe you're thinking about TV. What are you going to watch this afternoon? Maybe your mind is consumed with the latest news. We've had a lot of it recently. And all you're hearing from me is Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. See, the person with good soil is the person that really listens. Listening is the first step to understanding. If we can't listen, we'll never understand. Which leads me to my next point. That people with good soil that produce 30, 60, 100 fold are those who truly understand. Proverbs 8, 9 in the New Living Translation says this, Words are plain to anyone with understanding, clear to those who want to learn. I love learning. I really do. I love learning new things. I'm always taking in, taking in, taking in, trying to learn something new. I love that. I love doing that. And I think most of us probably do. But I find that there are times and seasons of my life then where I want to learn, but because of the fact that I am not embracing it, I'm not receiving it, I'm not getting a hold of it, I'm just not understanding. So the question is, how then, how do we take this thing that we're hearing, these words that are coming out of our mouth, like, how do you take this message today? How do you take this message and apply it to your life? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22 says this, My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. The thing that I find that's remarkable, if I can just do another little bunny trail, um, let me tell you something. I, I don't think that we could throw a dart in this room and not hit somebody that's struggling with some sort of physical issue, whether it's pain or some sort of chronic thing or some sort of, you know, thing that's passing through. All of us deal with physical issues. But Jesus right here, the, the Word of God gives us the thing. He says, for they are life to those that find them. What? what what's life? His words. And they are health to all their flesh. Do you understand the Word of God is medicine? It's medicine. The Word of God is medicine that is to be applied to our life. For they are life to them that find them. What would that imply? That would imply that you have to search for them. That's the problem, isn't it? We, we live in a, a culture now that just doesn't like to search out things. It's like, I don't want to take, just tell me. One thing my dad, my dad was a school teacher, and he was actually an accomplished, he won lots of awards for teaching, and uh, quite good at it. And uh, uh, one thing that I never liked about him was if I asked him a question, he'd always ask another to answer. And I would say, just give me the answer, man. I would say, how do you spell something? He'd go, well, think about it. Sound it out. Well, if I could do all that, I wouldn't need to ask you. Amen. See, what we want is a bailout. We just, I, I don't want to go through this. Why do I got to go through this? The thing that I have found in life is there are something very useful that helps us when we go through things, if we'll pay attention. And when we fail to pay attention when we're going through things, 
That's why you've got to go through it again. Why am I always here? Because you didn't get the lesson the first time. We don't like searching. We don't like finding. But when we do, the reward to finding is life and health to our flesh. But he says this, incline thy ears unto my sayings. In other words, he says, put your ears on. Listen to what I'm saying. The idea of inclining our ears carries with it the understanding that we must obey. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1, it says, Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord. Now listen, in the King James, it says, If you hearken diligently unto the Lord your God to observe carefully at his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord God will set you high above all nations of the earth. To hearken diligently means to listen, to obey, or to hear, or to listen with purpose. It means to be ready to respond. The idea of the picture here, the word picture here, is the person is listening like a track star, a person that is set themselves up in the running block listening for the gun to fire. What are they? They're listening so when the gun fires that they can run. They're listening with purpose. And he says, he talks about this. He says, incline your ear. In other words, bend your ear. There's, there is a purposefulness in this. He's saying, he's talking about this concentration to pay attention. Eight different times Jesus makes the statement in the New Testament, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. It means to attend or to consider, to pay attention, to listen. And the second thing is that he says, don't let the word depart from your eyes. In other words, the implication is meditation, that you are keeping the word always before you. I forget the stories I've told now between the two services, so if I already told this one, bear with it. I, on Friday, many of you know, last week when I was here, I told you, man, I'm struggling with some sinus thing. I, my ears are all plugged, and I feel like I'm in a tin can in a bucket in a tunnel 100 feet underwater. I, I really struggled last week, and I told you about that. Well, through the week, it just never really got better. Friday, it was just horrific. I mean, I'd had headache and just aunt dizzy and all this. And I finally, I just broke down. I said, okay, I'm going to urgent care. And I went over to urgent care. And, you know, urgent is maybe urgent for me, but it's not for them. Because I waited in the waiting room an hour and a half. And then I got moved to the small waiting room where you're by yourself for 45 minutes. So I was probably two hours, two and a half hours just waiting. But I thought, you know what, I, I'm, I'm trying to grow up a little bit. You know, 57, that's about time. And I'm trying to grow up, so I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain. So while I was sitting in the waiting rooms, I'm reading, you know, I'm reading my Bible on my phone, and I read a portion of a book, read about four chapters in a book. And, and then I get into the waiting room where, into the examining room where I'm still waiting, and I'm just in there by myself. And so what I decided to do is I decided to pull up Scripture on healing. And I just sat there, and I just put it in front of me, and I would read them out loud, and I would read them to myself, and I would talk them. I'm, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. You know, and I just begin to talk this. I begin to meditate on it. I just meditated, and, just, and I often do that. I do that in prayer, I do that driving. I do, that's what he's talking about. I tell myself, I, I say, this is what this means to you. This is, this is God speaking to you. What is he saying? That's why when I looked at this, when I looked at this parable and I saw, he said, at the end, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. I'm going, that's, he just gave us the key to the whole thing. He said, this whole thing works by listening. It begins by listening to the word. And so you put it in front of your eyes and you meditate on it. You, you think about it. Even those verses, let me challenge you. All of us come across verses that just don't make sense to us. And we go, how does that apply to me? Take that verse and meditate on it. Think about it. How does this apply to me? Ask God. Say, Lord, show me in this meditation. How does this apply? See, Eastern meditation is emptying yourself. Christian meditation is filling yourself with the Word. Are you hearing me? 
And the final key is that we put it in the midst of our heart. In other words, we make it a priority. We make it a priority that we understand this is valuable. This is not flippant. This is not, you know, how, how many have ever bought anything where you had to put it together? And we, we take the first thing, we get the directions, we get them out of the way. Because they're just, you know, let me look at all the parts and I'll figure it out. And inevitably, we always use the wrong screws in the wrong place. You know, we just don't look at the directions. Because they're really just not that important. Amen. One man said, Bible stands for basic instruction before leaving earth. And sometimes what we do is, you know, it's just get it out of my way. We just don't value it. But he says, listen, hear it, meditate on it, value it. That's how you come to understand. And then finally, to bring this all to a close, is you obey it. See, the person who hears the word and understands it, it's natural for them to obey it. And that's where we begin to bear fruit. That's where we begin to bear fruit. This is where all of this begins to come together. And look, at, I, I, there, there are so many more verses. I'm just going to begin to finish this up real quick. I'm going to ask Jason to come. I just, I, see, the thing is, church, I, I'm talking about the basics. Look, at when Jesus said, love your enemy, he meant that. And what did he mean? Does he mean that we, you know, what he means is, that someone that you feel like is coming against you, the best thing you do, can do to overcome that dynamic is to love them. Love them. See, when you love somebody, you take all the power away from them. But see, we measure that. We go, well, they don't deserve it. They may not. Neither did you. He says, he says forgive these are basic tenets of our faith to forgive. The problem is, is we do all of these things on a scale of whether people deserve them or not. He says, walk in grace and humble. Be humble. There's two types of, of, of pride. There's the arrogant pride. That's the guy that stands up and goes, well, you know, I think I'm probably the best preacher on the planet. You guys are really lucky to have me. I mean, I, I, you guys could go anywhere else and, and you know what? You might get a word here and there, but you know what? I am so consistent in my preaching and I have such a line on God and I have such revelation that I'm not certain that you guys really understand the value of me. See, that's arrogant pride. Or there's another kind of pride. It's the self-deprecating kind of pride. It's the same thing because it's all, see, pride is all about self. It's the kind of pride that goes, you know what, I'm, I'm horrible. I'm just, I'm just horrible. And, and I know why we do that, because what happens is we don't want to elevate, you know, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. Well, the converse is true. Don't think more lowly of yourself than you ought. You know, we kind of get stuck with that. See, it's like people, have you ever had somebody, they sang a song and you went up and you wanted to compliment them and they go, oh, it's just Jesus. It's like, it ain't one that good. Oh, you did it. It was your voice. You sung. It was your talent. Yeah, Jesus anointed it, and we're grateful for that. But hey, take the compliment. You did a good job. You know, we know Jesus is involved, and we give him glory and all of that. But it wasn't that good. It wasn't Jesus singing up there. I'm certain if Jesus sang, it would be rapturous. But we, you know, we get so stuck. We get stuck in that, and we, we forget. And these are all these little basic things of life. It's just like, you know, I was telling you last week, talking about the, the arguing with the wife. Well, you get te tested that, that afternoon. <laughs> I got to exercise my prowess on how to diffuse an argument. What am I saying? I'm saying, church, we got to start taking this stuff seriously. We got to start walking in him or else we won't grow. We won't bear fruit. We won't be what God called us to be. We need that. Can you say amen? Why don't you bow your heads with me? 
Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. Father, we just pray today, God, that you would just cause this word to penetrate our hearts, God, that as we uh, listen, God, and are quickly to receive it, Lord, that we allow it to grow. God, that we remove the clutter. And Father, that we allow it to bear the fruit that, that you've intended for it. Father, help us today. We look to you for guidance and direction. We look to you for wisdom. Encourage us today. I wonder as every head is bowed, every eye is closed, if there's anybody in this room or watching online that would like to give their life to Jesus. You've never done that, or maybe at one time you did, you've walked away. But today you want to give your life to Jesus. If that's you, would you lift your hand all across this place? Amen. I see that hand, that hand. I see others. Amen. Amen. Would you pray this prayer with me? In fact, all of us, let's pray. Say, Father, I come before you, and I ask you to come into my life, to forgive me of my sins, to be my Lord and my Savior. I give you my life, and I receive yours in return. In Jesus' name, amen. While you're still seated, I'm going to ask our ministry team if they would come. Please just stay seated for a moment. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come and to stand up front right here. He said, why are you doing this? Because I want to make it known to you that these people will pray for you. So if you raised your hand for salvation or you didn't or you have a need, you have a need of healing or whatever it might be, please, as we dismiss, come up and let them pray for you. Let them lay hands on you. Let them bring healing to your body and to your mind and let them minister to you. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Remember uh, Bloom and Men's uh, Men of Valor's tonight, five o'clock. Also remember the signups uh, in the foyer uh, for the visitor dinner or for baptism. God bless you. We'll see you next week. You guys have a great and wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.